Just a reminder of our Rooted campaign, which we started one year ago, uh, and uh, this was just a view for you to remember that Rooted isn't about the building. Yes, that's what we're working toward is putting up our own building, but as you saw in this little video, Rooted is about the people, and the church is really all about the people, and yes, we need a physical structure to meet in, yes, there are some physical things that we have to do, but it's a people living life together on mission for Jesus Christ, being transformed by the person of Jesus Christ, changed by the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, and that love of Jesus Christ reaching out to the people that we rub shoulders with on a daily basis. And so as you notice from that video, most of what we saw was not about a building going up, it was about living life with people. And so this morning I want to keep talking to you about Rooted, and this will be the last week that we do this, last week and this week, and I want to talk to you about a rooted church. I want to talk to you about what it means to have a rooted church. Last week we talked about it being rooted as individuals. Let me give you just a snapshot again. Uh, when we did our campaign, we pledged $469,000, uh, 260, I think, or 65,000 of that has already come in, about 55%. And on hand, we'd already raised some money before that. We have about 400000 in hand right now for our building. We've already paid uh, about 80000 just on the building, paid about close to 100000 total with permits and all the other things that we've done. And so we're headed that way. We're looking at the spring of being able to put that building up. And so for those of you who have pledged to be part of Rooted, thank you for your generosity. Thanks for how consistent you've been giving. If you're interested in Rooted and you want to be part of that, there's information out at the information table as you come in and you can do that. But we want to say thank you. We want to give God the glory and the praise for what he's done already and what he's doing with that. It's been awesome to be part of that. Would you bow with me before we look at the word of God? And we just want to talk to God and ask for him to direct our conversation in the next few minutes. Father, thank you so much uh, for our freedom to come together, to worship together, to lift up your name in worship and song, and then to open the word of God and to study it together. Thank you so much that you provide, and the promise from your word is that you will provide everything that we need through the ministry of your spirit in our lives. And thank you for the word of God as it uh, touches our heart each and every day as we open it and we read it and we study it, and then corporately as we come together and we learn together, thank you for all those one another's that you give us in the New Testament of how we should live life together as a church, how we should be rooted as a church in you, in Jesus Christ, but then how those roots go down and they establish us in the community we live in and how they make a difference for your glory and how they draw people to your, to your son, Jesus Christ. And and we pray in the next few moments as we look at the word that our hearts would be tender to you and that by your spirit you could speak to us. I know that in these theaters, all the folks that are gathered and the folks that are at home, that it's easy to be distracted by life. And so in the next few moments, would you, would you give us an ability to focus on you? And we'll praise you for that in your name. Amen. We're going to talk, last week we talked about personally being rooted as individuals being rooted. And if you were with us, we talked about this. Uh, our, our theme verse was this verse. It was, uh, it was Jeremiah 17. It is, the person who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence indeed is the Lord, is blessed. 
And he is like a tree planted by water. It sends out its root toward a stream. It doesn't fear when heat comes and its foliage remains green. And it will not worry in a year of drought. And last week we talked about in order to be that person that's that tree, that we have to first of all come to know Jesus Christ. We have to have a relationship with Christ or be saved. We need to be growing in Christ and putting down roots. And that meant maturing. That means learning the Word of God and maturing in God. And, and if we do that, if the growth process of putting down roots happens and we begin to mature, then that means that we begin to produce fruit. And we will produce fruit. And if you were with us last week, you remember that as I was talking about learning and growing and maturing in our faith in Jesus Christ, that I did something really kind of foolish, right? I took my Bible, anybody remember what I did? And I put it on my head and I talked about osmosis. And do you remember what I said about osmosis? I said that it doesn't work. Like you can't take a book and put it on your head and expect that the Word of God will seep down into your head. Remember I said that, right? Okay, everybody's awake and you remember that. There's a picture I want to show you that arrived at my house on my phone last week. And I'm just curious, these, these folks, they, they were obviously in church on Sunday morning, and they, I don't know if they missed the fact that it doesn't work, or if they were making fun of me. Okay, Lisa, you think, right, exactly what I thought. I thought they were making fun of me, okay? And then I was trying to be kind, and I thought, well, no, maybe they were just proving that they were listening. So that's what I'm going with, okay, that they were, but I know these, a lot of, I know them very well. There'll be more that shows up later. That's all I'm going to say. So we're going to go from individually being rooted, being in Christ, Growing, our roots going down into Christ, maturing in our faith, and then fruit being produced in us. To what it means or what it looks like, that was close, can't back up very far, okay. What it means or what it looks like to be rooted as a church, as a corporate body of believers. And so this morning, that's what I want to talk about. I want to give you five thoughts this morning about being rooted as a church body. Okay, I'm going to take them all out of Acts. Five thoughts about being rooted as a church body. First thought, here it is, you ready? You must be saved. Now, if you were here last week, you're saying, he's just using his notes from last week because that's how he started last week. He started with the exact same thought last week. But here's the thing, folks, is we all have to start at the same point, and you can't be a rooted church if you are not in a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's impossible. You can't put your roots down as a body if you're not believers, if you haven't come to the place where you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. In the, book, in the beginning of the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, the, the beginning of Acts is the beginning of the church, right? And you finish the Gospels where Jesus died on the cross and he rose again. And the, and the disciples are waiting for Jesus. They, Jesus told them to go and to wait for him and that he would, he would come to them. 
And so the beginning of the book of Acts is those disciples waiting for Jesus. And Jesus shows up at the beginning of the book of Acts, and the disciples are all there, and Jesus does something for them. So they believed in Jesus Christ, they had a relationship with Jesus Christ, and he shows up and he gives them, which was the promise. If you look at Acts chapter 1, he had promised that I will give you, when I leave, I will give you another just like me, which is the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 1, he does that. He gives them the Holy Spirit. Well, in Acts chapter 2, Peter stands up after receiving the Holy Spirit, and he preaches his first message. And he preaches about who Jesus Christ is, what he had just done on the cross, the fact that he didn't stay on the cross, that they took him and they put him in a, in a tomb, and he didn't stay in the tomb three days later, just as he had said, and just as the Old Testament had prophesied that would happen, he didn't stay there. And if you remember Jesus in the Gospels, he said, if you, if you rip this temple down, and he was referring to his body, they thought he was talking about a physical temple, but he had told them this, if you tear this temple down in three days, I'll raise it back up. And everybody got mad because they were like, it took years and years and years to build this physical temple and Jesus saying, no, 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 you missed the whole point. And he, he had already done that. He came back. And so Peter stands up and he begins to preach this message. And if you look at Acts chapter 2 and you look partway down, you look at verse 37, it says this. I'm going to look at 38 in a minute, okay? But here's what it says. I'm setting you up for this. It says that the people heard what Peter said and it says that their hearts were stirred within them. So these are people who are not Christ followers yet. And he stands up and he explains the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. And their hearts are stirred. And then they look at the disciples in 37 and it says this. It says, they look at the disciples and they say, What do we have to do now that we have heard this? What should we do? And so Peter answers them with what they should do. This is the people who are listening. If you look at verse 38, it says, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, each of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. With many other words he testified and strongly urged them, saying, Be saved from this corrupt generation. So those who accepted his message were baptized. And that day, look at this, about 3,000 people were added to them. So Peter stood up and with the power of the Holy Spirit, he presented the gospel of Jesus Christ, the fact that Jesus Christ came to this earth, lived a perfect life, became the sacrifice, the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the earth, the world, the perfect sacrifice for sin. He went to a cross, he gave his life, he rose again the third day, and he paid the price for your sin and my sin. He defeated death and the grave at the cross. And Peter says this to all those people, repent 
And if you repent, remember last week we talked about repenting is going one direction and realizing it's the wrong direction, turning 180 degrees and headed in the other direction back toward God. That's repenting. It's turning from my selfish, sinful ways, understanding what Jesus Christ did for me, accepting his payment for my sin, and accepting him as my Savior. That is becoming a child and a disciple of God. And Peter looks at these people when they say, what should we do? He says, repent and ask for forgiveness. And that's the starting point. You want to be rooted as an individual? You want to be rooted as a church? Then it's all wrapped up in the person of Jesus Christ. It's all wrapped up in us corporately repenting and giving our hearts and our lives to Jesus Christ and living our lives for Him. See, what happens even in churches, it happens with individuals, but it happens in churches corporately as well, is this. Churches can go from being about Jesus Christ and living for Jesus Christ and accepting the forgiveness that Jesus Christ gives to being a social club who care about social issues and care about wonderful things and care for people, but yet Jesus Christ is lost and the truth of the word of God disappears from the church and in order to be rooted in order to be grounded as a church in order to grow as a church then Jesus Christ has to be the central figure of the church and you and I as individuals must be saved repent ask forgiveness believe and accept the gift of forgiveness that comes from Jesus Christ himself. So number one is the same as last week. <laughs> we must be saved. So that means we all should have it, right? Because this is week two, and we should all know. What's number one? We must be saved. Okay, some of you are with me. The rest, you're already asleep. Okay, thought number two found in the same passage that we're going to talk about is this. A rooted church is devoted to learning the Word of God. Now, last week we talked about that if your roots are going to go down as an individual, then you're going to learn, you're going to grow, you're going to get into the Word of God. But that's for an individual. That's studying, studying as an individual. Corporately, as a church body, we have to do the exact same thing. We, as a church body, must be devoted to the Word of God. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It says this, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayer. Do you notice the first line? It says this. You read it with me. They devoted themselves to what? To the apostles' teaching. This isn't just on an individual level. This is corporately. A, a rooted church pays attention and spends time and effort teaching the Word of God, teaching the truth of the Word of God. The reason why Pastor Mike and I and Tom and whoever else that might help out once in a while, the reason we always, all of our messages, if you've ever noticed, always come where we point you to the Word of God and we study, we open the Word of God, we read the Word of God. If you've been with us very long, you know that every message that we ever do, every series that we ever do, is always directed to and taken from the Word of God. Why? Because in order for us to grow, in order for our roots to go down deep as a church, as a family of God, it has to be founded in the person of God and His Word. That's the only way we can grow as a church. 
That's the only way that we can learn what God has for us and what He wants us to do. And so it happens on a Sunday morning when we teach. It happens, and that's why we talk about small groups, getting in a small group, doing a Bible study together, learning together as a group of people. It's why we do classes where we teach theology, we teach leadership. It's why we encourage people to be in life transformation groups where you word learn the Word of God with two or three other people. You read the Word of God because corporately as believers, we need to come together and study the Word of God together, not just by ourselves. You need to be doing it by, that was last week, you need to do it by yourself, but you got to come together and do it as well. It's the one another's. There are 40 mentions of one another's in the New Testament alone where it talks about us as believers encouraging and being with one another to learn and to grow. You cannot do it alone. There are no Lone Rangers. And even Lone Ranger wasn't alone, was he? He needed somebody. And in the Word of God, the same is true. We must devote ourselves to learning together. And that means something, folks. And I I don't want to go off too far on this this morning, but I want to talk to you just about church itself. I do not believe that coming to church makes you a better person. I don't believe that coming to church is what saves you. I know it's not because the Word of God doesn't say that. But being in church, worshiping with other believers, corporately being with other believers is so important to our growth. Studying the Word of God with other believers, corporately worshiping and praying with other believers matters to our growth and development. Hebrews says it this way in Hebrews chapter 10, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus Christ, in other words, we have the right because of what Jesus did on the cross for us, we have the right to enter into the very presence of the Father Himself. He has inaugurated for us a new and living way through the curtain that is through His flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us, look at this, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. That's by the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Now here it is. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, since he who promised is faithful, and let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as, is the, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as we see the day approaching. Did you catch what he says there? He says, look, come together to care for each other, to love on each other. But there's another word in there, and I love this. He says this, provoke one another. You know what that word means? It means if Jay and I were sitting in the back seat and Lisa was driving us and I start poking Jay and I start provoking Jay, I pick, you know how your kids do that in the back seat? You know what I'm talking about? You're on my side. You crossed the line. Don't cross the line. You know what I'm talking about. That's the idea there. The idea is pushing each other along, pushing our buttons. Not in a bad way, though. That's not what we're talking about. But the idea is coming together as a corporate body of believers, loving on each other, caring for one another, and pushing each other on in our faith. Provoke one another. Use the Word of God to push each other in our faith. 
And so corporately, us growing up in our faith has to do with, as a body of believers being rooted, it means we come together in this setting, we worship, we lift up the name of God, and we provoke, we push one another along in our faith. That's a rooted body. That's a rooted church. Who are you allowing to push you along? So you've got to say yes. You've got to let people do that. And often, and what's happened even more so in the last two years, is we disappear from that. We isolate ourselves. And we don't want anybody speaking truth into our lives. We just want to live our own thing, do our own thing. And God says, no, the body has to come together. And in order to be a rooted body, you got to live life together. And you got to push each other, and you got to learn together. And so we have to learn the Word of God together. Third, third thought this morning. i got to keep moving because time's flying. A rooted church spends time with one another. So we learn together, but we also spend time with one another. Look at that verse again in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They're learning together to fellowship and to the breaking of bread. The phrase there, to, to the fellowship, is this. It means this, it's, it's a Greek word, and Mike gets to teach you a lot of Greek words, he likes those. I'm going to give you one this morning, ready? Here's the Greek word for, for this word, fellowship, koinonia. Want to say it with me? And then you can say it next week to Mike, he'll be back. Okay, ready? It's koinonia, say it, koinonia, okay? Koinonia, that's our word for fellowship. It means this, if you want the meaning of it, it means this, it means to partner together or to participate together, to communicate with one another. That's what koinonia means. In a lot of churches, when you use the word fellowship, it just means food. We had a fellowship time, we ate, okay? That's not what the word means. Koinonia, yes, food's part of it. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But koinonia means this, that we, we are in partnership with one another. We're, pers- we're participating together. We're communicating with one another toward a goal. We're working together. My dad, when, a long time ago when my dad was around, and we would talk about the word fellowship with us kids in the, in the house, and he used to define it for us this way. He would say this, fellowship is two fellows in a ship. That's what he would say, and here's why, and he would explain it. He would say, and here's why. Because if there's only two fellows in a ship, they have to work together in order to go anywhere. They have to participate together. They've got to row together. That's not going to work. If one's rowing one way, the other's rowing the other, this happens all the time in churches, right? You have one person going, one person going that way, and it doesn't work. And they've got to communicate with one another in order to go anywhere. And that's the idea of fellowship. Fellowship is the idea of us living life in partnership with one another as a body. And then he goes on and he says this, and the breaking of bread together, that's food, that's eating together. And that's sitting down and enjoying a meal with people. Now the end of that, the also the thought here is this, that in the early church when the church started, they ate a meal together and they always finished with communion. Communion was part of that because communion bound them together around the core, which was Jesus Christ. And so they shared a meal. Here's the thing about sharing a meal with someone is you can't do it fast, right? I mean, we have fast food, but that's not really food, okay? But to share a meal, to prepare a meal, to sit down, you've got to be together. You've got to spend time together. And so fellowship is partnering together, 
communicating with one another, and spending time together. And at Mossbrook Church, we, we encourage people to do that. We do that by hanging out. You see families and friends who hang out together. We encourage people to help each other, to care for one another, to serve each other. And let me stop right here for a minute and do just a shameless plug at this moment. Okay? Serving is part of the ministry that God has given us as a church body for our community. And if you are on our email list, then this week you got an email that said that we have, an, we have opportunities within our body to serve one another, or it's coming out. Did it come out or is it come? It came out. That we have opportunities to serve our community and we're looking for your gifts so that we can all serve together. And we're asking for a reply from you. And if we don't have your email, but you're part of our body of believers, you need to give us your email so that we can encourage you to be part of what... That's that provoking one another to service, right? That's encouraging each other to be part of the growth of the body. And we can do that together. That's what this, that's what this is saying. We help each other. We slow down. We spend time with each other. And if you're like me, let me just say this about this. I love being in partnership with other people. I love doing, being on mission and serving together and caring for people together. But I have a hard time to slow down. I do. I want to be about whatever the job is. But God needs us in caring for one another and being in fellowship with one another to slow down and be an encouragement to each other. And it's hard sometimes to do that. How do I know that this happened? Well, in the early church, let me read this from Acts chapter 2, verses 44 to 47. He says it this way. Now all the believers were together, and they held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the, pro- the proceeds uh, to all as they had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple, and they broke bread from house to house, and they ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Now let me say this about those verses. That's not, not talking about communism. It's not saying that they all went to one place and somebody gave it away. That's not what it's saying. It's saying that the Holy Spirit had a hold of their hearts and as they saw needs, they met the needs within the body. But they did it in koinonia. They did it in fellowship with one another. And they cared about their relationship with one another. And so they were together with each other. Point, thought number four, let's move right along. It says this, a rooted church prays. Look at Acts 4, I mean 2, 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to, what's the word? Prayer. End of prayer. Pray. Remember, this is our power source. Remember, this is important. It's important in your private life. It's important with small groups. It's important in your life group. It's important when you come to, the, to, to church and we pray to pray with us, to be part of praying, to agree in prayer. And this group of people, as they came to know Jesus Christ, understood we have to learn together, we have to fellowship together, we have to serve together, we've got to be together, and we've got to pray together. We've got to bring everything before God. And ask Him how we should live out our lives. Can I encourage you to pray without ceasing? And some of you go, Pastor Tim, when you say that, what does that mean? It means this, that my heart attitude is before God. Bringing everything that I do 
before God. It's just an ongoing conversation with God. It's nothing fancy. It's not me getting on my knees before I do everything. It's simply talking to God about what's going on in my life, constantly being in the presence and with God. And you can do that all the time. You don't have to stop and fold your hands. You don't even have to close your eyes. You know that? You can talk to God anywhere, anytime. He's always there. He can't wait to hear from you. He loves it. And that's what in Acts chapter 2, it says this, that they just constantly gave themselves to prayer. They were always talking to God. That was their heart attitude. That's where they were. Lastly, let me say this. Last thought from this passage. A rooted church bears fruit. If you look at Acts chapter 2, verse 47, it says this, And every day the Lord added to their numbers those who were being saved. So here's this body of believers. Remember, they're saved. They're in Christ. They know Christ. They have a relationship with Christ. They're growing together. They're devoted to the Word of God. They're fellowshipping together. They're living life where they're partnering together. They're praying together. And because they are doing those things, God is adding to the body. Let me, let me tell you how this happens. When the fruit of the Spirit is becoming evident in us, when the person of Jesus Christ is being lived out in me, when joy, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control are the attributes that are driving my life, I've got a secret. People are drawn to that. Even your family members are drawn to that. When I am becoming more and more like the image of God, the image of Jesus Christ, people want that. It's not necessarily that I have to stand up like Peter did at the beginning of what we were talking about and preach a message so people, it's not it. It happens that way, but that's not it. When I live out Jesus Christ in my everyday life, fruit is produced. People come to know Jesus Christ. And the end of this verse was those people were so devoted to God and growing in their faith that he added to the church daily. We want to be a rooted church. We want to be growing in our faith. We want to have koinonia. We want to have fellowship. We want to be praying together, and we want to see fruit every day. We want to see people being added to the faith every day. We end in the same place as we ended last week, that those who are willing to honor and live for God will produce fruit. So individuals who have yielded themselves to God make up a church who's yielded to God and produces fruit. The only way that we as a body of believers or as a church will be well-rooted is if we as individual Christ followers are well-rooted. Because you and I are the church. If you're a Christ follower, you are the church. A well-rooted church is the result of well-rooted in individuals. Let me ask you a question and I'm done. How well-rooted are you? Father, 
thanks so much for the provision of your son, Jesus Christ, and the hope that we have, that we can have a relationship with our creator. We can be made right before him through what your son did on the cross. The price has been paid. And if we repent and believe, we have a relationship with you. Thank you for that. Help us to grow in you, to mature in you as a church, as individuals, so that we might produce the fruit that you want us to produce. Grant us the courage and the strength to say yes to you and live for you each and every day. Help us as individuals in a church to be well-rooted in you. In your name we pray.